Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside D. Louie. As we look back at K-State's semifinal exit at the hands of Iowa State, uh, 63-59, kind of review a little bit of the Big 12 tournament and look forward to the Big Dance, as they call it, Drew. You know people call it that, right? I like to call it that. Yeah, so the Big Dance, uh, which is tipping off uh, today, uh, we're recording Wednesday evening, uh, so you'll be hearing this uh, first thing Thursday as maybe you're putting together that final bracket to, to enter into the office pool or with your family and friends. So uh, we'll, we'll maybe hit a little bit on kind of uh, what our prognostication is on uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, but we're going to look back uh, mainly at K-State's uh, Big 12 tournament run as well as uh, what awaits the Cats in the NCAA tournament as they are the four seed in the South Regional. So, Deloitte, I'm going to bring you in at this time. It's great to see you. Hey, man, it's great to see you, too. I got March fever over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, you've they, they obviously, they called this, I don't know if you, if you knew this, but they call this time March Madness. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you had, you know, typically madness refers to like, oh, you're in a, uh, a state of hysteria almost like you're, you're losing your mind but with you I just know that you've had a lot shorter of a temper lately yeah I've just been pissed off and I think it's because it's March it, it, it seems to explain you know a lot I'm just angry you're just very angry irritable. All the time. you're very irritable you're cranky yeah that's right yeah so well I, I have to be honest with you I was a little cranky on Friday night once K-State lost to Iowa State in that one yeah by the way great great segue um, Those broadcasting classes have really been paying off. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, K State just missed shots. We did yeah. the thing that we said we couldn't do, um, which is just go MIA for uh, five to ten minutes offensively, and we can't afford to do that. I mean, teams can't afford to do that ever. Period. Yeah. Uh, but especially not uh, when you're without your best player. Uh, or at least a first-team All-Big 12-type player in Dean Wade. Um, and that got the better of us against Iowa State, who's a solid team that's uh, that, of course, ended up winning the tournament. But uh, I think that was the story of the game uh, on Friday. No, it, it certainly was. And against Iowa State, who is a team that, quite frankly, I think K-State's better than, but uh, they... Well, not without Dean Wade. Yeah, and I think I saw, um, I believe Matt Hall from K-State Online uh, had tweeted out that Iowa State had won the um, the Dean Wade injury sweepstakes where in their time that they put in the three times that K-State has played Iowa State, Dean Wade was pretty much, well, he was out for the final 10 minutes the first against uh, K-State, or against Iowa State in Manhattan. Then, of course, not playing at all in the Big 12 tournament. And then it was his first game back where he was still pretty limited uh, when when K State was able to go on the road and, and win that one in Ames, so yeah, it was like you said. I think you said it all really with the, with the scoring droughts. K State uh, was enjoying a nice little lead. Uh, I've got it at twenty one to fourteen with ten minutes left to go in in the first half over the Cyclones. Nice little seven point lead. K State scores four more points in the final ten minutes and goes into half trailing by 10. Now, granted, K-State was able to get right back into it 
and and took the lead, uh, you know, in the second half and stretched out to, you know, uh, I think it got to as much as five or six at one point uh, late in the second half. And um, unfortunately, just kind of let this one slide away. It was a game that K-State certainly should have won. And obviously, you can point to the, the stretches of not scoring, which is is critical, obviously. But another thing that I um, I look at is is the rebounding edge that Iowa State had, uh, forty three to twenty nine. Um, you know, lots of those rebounds, uh, of course, offensive. So leading that, uh, leading to the opportunity of so many second shots for second and third shots for Iowa State. Uh, of course, with K State getting a stop. Uh, Jacobson getting a rebound, kicking it out for a three that ties the game. K-State goes down, doesn't make a basket, and then uh, Shayok hits that uh, that hotly contested three in the corner, which it was the difference uh, on Friday night. Yeah, and just just a miserable offensive performance. I mean, I know we've touched on that, but it deserves to be emphasized that first of all, K-State gets no points off the bench. Uh, the bench. Uh, combined for 29 minutes, and they just, you know, McGurl got into a little bit of foul trouble. He got yanked, so Shania Williams is in for most of the last 10 minutes of the first half. Uh, He put up one shot the entire game that didn't go in. Uh, And McGurl, it should be noted, uh, finishes the game with only three fouls. So uh, that that, uh, first half, those are, uh, you know, minutes that... Mike McGurl and Kansas State aren't ever going to get back. But and then the starters, you know, just looking at their field goals, Barry, 5 of 14, Cam, 3 of 10, uh, X was 4 of 15. And I will say Jada had a stretch where he was just unconscious yeah. of three. He was he was the player of the game for K-State. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Although that's the dunk. Uh, yeah, that was – that's a high percentage shot. That was. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, K-State just – they're a great team defensively, oh, no but question. when you're that cold offensively, it's it's just so hard to to get out and protect a lead. Yeah, so I think that pretty well covers it for this Iowa State game. Let's let's go backwards in time here to uh, to the quarterfinal game against TCU in a game where you can really look back and the the themes a little bit of the same. Uh, K-State gets out to an abysmal start, uh, I believe, having as big of a, as an 11-point deficit um, early on, uh, where K-State, it, it took until, uh, it took until kind of the, the final five minutes of that first half to really, uh, to really get going, and once K-State really did get going, they kind of asserted their dominance as the better team, and, uh, was able to stretch it out and keep TCU at arm's length and kind of until the end where uh, a couple of possessions where K-State essentially kneeled on the ball uh, down in kind of in a, in a crunch time situation uh, before uh, getting this victory over TCU, 70-61. to 61. This was a game that was it was a nice win for K State as they as they had got some momentum going back, but a, a game that really, when you look at it from the TCU perspective, keeps them out of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that's one uh, that TCU wishes they could have back. And 
like you mentioned, K-State uh, had a fairly comfortable lead with about uh, four and a half minutes left, a nine-point lead there. And then K-State goes on a bit of a stretch where they just do not score. TCU cuts the game to a three-point game with about a minute and a half left, and then the rest is history. TCU missed some shots. K-State started uh, waking up a little bit where... Uh, really, it was an X, uh, an X three. Uh, that stretched, top of the key. That's that, right. That stretched that it out the, to six. That was the uh, three that really iced it for K State. As time was winding down, uh, the Sprint Center was a very much a nervous place. Um, there was K State fans were getting anxious as to it's like, oh man, are we gonna really let this game get away from us this easily? But K-State was able to make the plays, credit, and uh, obviously uh, credit Xavier Sneed as he um, was really phenomenal. Uh, playing obviously great defense, but 19 uh, points, and, and including that key three uh, late in the game was, was really the dagger uh, for K-State on this day. I did want to mention, so this is, of course, the first game uh, K-State is playing without Dean Wade. They insert Austin Trice into the starting lineup, and you know that didn't really work out very well. So uh, K State gets out to a to a nice little deficit there, uh, kind of early on as TCU uh, takes control of the game. And we asked this question last week, kind of to to ourselves, um, what kind of Cartier Jada would we have back, and how much could K State really count on him? Uh, to contribute from a minutes perspective right off the bat. And when you look at it, uh, 29 minutes from Mr. Jada uh, in his in his return to uh, return to action for K-State, I- including um, you know not only just playing 27 minutes, adding eight points, but uh, playing some really nice defense throughout uh, as as TCU has some has some guards and, uh, some swingmen that can really uh, be a problem for teams with with Robinson, with Desmond Bain, Quatnoy. Uh, Jada was having to hound those, and that's not an easy assignment when it's your first game back. Yeah, and I thought, you know, I, I thought Cartier Jada had a great tournament. I thought, I mean, that TCU game. I was kind of bummed that he didn't get on the all-tournament team, but with, with KU and Iowa State, uh, you know, in the finals, Typically, that's kind of how you see a breakout. It's Last a bias year, sports media too. Yeah, of course you have to you have to figure that in. Um, most probably of the voters were from the KU Star, but um, duds. One in particular, yeah, draws your draws your ire. That's right. But yeah, I thought Cartier Jada was fantastic this tournament. It was great to see him uh, back in action. Well, yeah, and I think he's going to be a leader on this team. Uh, I expect that to see that over throughout the NCAA tournament, but also especially moving into next year, where I think uh, you know whether or not Snead returns. I, uh, I would expect him to. Well, this year, regardlessly of that, uh, yeah. I would expect Jara to be. Uh, now, can I stop you real quick? Yeah, you're really getting after this pronunciation. I. Well, they, yeah, I, I, I've seen the video, and we I know we've talked about. He that. instructed he instructed people on how to say his name properly, and it's from my understanding, it's Cartier Jara, Jara, Jara. 
Jara. He he wants so to it's know. Not, it's not Jara, like I've been saying. Diara. I, I, I still can't figure out if that D is a hard D or it's a kind of a softer J. Yeah. But he wants you to roll the R and it's Cartier. Cartier, not Cartier. Yeah. Yes, right. that, that I did. It's pick not up on. Cartier Martin. Uh, it's not Dramon Diara. It's not Dramon Diara. It's Cartier Jara. It's a good job by you there. You have to really think about it, though. It's you a beautiful do. name. It is. It's a gorgeous name. And his his shot, I thought, looked really good coming off of um, coming off that injured hand. Uh, that was someone I was concerned about. When you have, <clears throat> excuse me, when you have that injury on your, I believe it was his ring finger. Um, you wonder because you know that's obviously on your shooting hand an important aspect of being able to to shoot the ball is being able to get a clean release off your fingertips. And, uh, you know, of course, who knows with – during a game, there's lots of things that go on in terms of, of getting it jammed up and, and things of that nature. So I was particularly impressed with, with how he played. Another guy I'd like to mention in this TCU game is Levi Sockard, uh, the, the denim man who we had not uh, seen much of. Her Strauss. Um, gets in, contributes eight points off the bench, and gives K-State some great minutes in, in really – I mean, you can look at the score of a differential of nine points and look at kind of eight points that you find, you know, in your jeans pocket, so to speak. Yeah. Very uh, good. With, uh, with the Denim man there. And you have to say that this guy was the difference in the game, really. Well, I don't know I mean, if he was the di- I mean, by your own admission, it was a nine-point differential, and he put up eight. So it's hard to say that he was the difference in the uh, game. I, I mean, I'm saying it, my man. I think Xavier Sneed might have something to say about that, who put up 19 points, including a hey, four three-pointer. It's found but, money in the in that nice quality denim that uh, you didn't know you had, and quite frankly, yeah, it, I think it is the difference. I'm well, saying. and I will say it was an efficient 11 minutes uh, for Levi. Uh, you, you know, I was surprised to see him not get a little bit more action, honestly, because foul trouble was not – uh, was not an issue for him, which is rarely the case, honestly. But uh, very efficient minutes from him. Very efficient. Yeah, he he had uh, probably his best game of the year. I think that's fair to say. And also that uh, that alley oop to oh what to a play Cartier. that was. Yeah, that was, well, I believe uh, what, it was. There yeah. were a couple loops in that game. I'm talking about the one where it was a backdoor to Jada, and he. Uh, that was the that was the TCU game, right? Yeah, that was. But oh, the one go. I'm referencing, which is now playing on your computer right in front of me, is off of a, a defensive steal for K State, where Cartier uh, gets the ball, lobs it to uh, Mike McGurl, uh, who who finishes it in an emphatic style. So there are some highlights in this one uh, that kind of make up for some of maybe the lowlights that uh, came from uh, the Cats the next day, but. Overall, let's get a recap on the Big 12 tournament for K-State here. K-State goes 1-1, losing the semifinals, of course, to Iowa State. These are the first two games uh, that K-State played after the news that Dean Wade is is uh, injured with another foot injury. What, uh, what's your overall reaction kind of from how K-State played uh, in Wade's absence? It's nerve-wracking because, as we saw... 
on, I mean, against Iowa State, McGurl gets, picks up two fouls, and all of a sudden you realize how thin we are when we're trying to play small. Yeah. Because, I mean, that... Sean Neal Williams is going to have to... He's a project still. Yeah, it, um, it, he, it's a work in progress, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, you know, if we want to play this small ball, which, you know, by necessity almost, I guess we have to do, unless we want to have Mayween and... Love. Price or Stockard or yeah. Love yeah. or one of the, one I mean, of you. big men who God love them are just pretty not inept there. offensively. They're 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 just not there. Well, and then it's you know pick your poison. Do you want do you want minutes to be going to Stockard or do you want minutes to be going to Neil Williams? Because without Wade, those minutes got to go somewhere. And yeah. Bruce has shown that he's not changing his stripes. Yeah, and. I'm holding out hope that he may still, but it, it's hope against hope, probably. Well, he had a per- he had a chance to do it against Iowa State, and he didn't. So, well, but Drew, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, it's just if that's not a time where you know, it's not as do or die as an NCAA tournament game is. But clearly, he thinks that the proper strategy to win a to give your team the best chance to win is if a guy gets two fouls with 16 minutes left in the first half, then that guy's not seeing the court again, uh, at least not in any significant minutes, until the, the second half starts. And no. and if that's the case, and it's one of, and let's say two of our guards get in trouble, pick up two fouls or something, then you're going to see Sean Neal Williams out there for long stretches of time. Yeah. Now... The reason why I say that I may think that he changes his stripes on that is because this is do or die now. There's no tomorrow. There's no. But if but if but if that's true, then why not do that in any game? Hey, I, hey, no, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. With you. I, my, I'm just my saying. My point that, is, is that he thinks that this is the best way to handle it, and right or wrong, I, it's wrong. Well, if. That's the thing. I think that if he if he thought, oh, it's this game is so important that I can't afford to yeah. be sitting somebody, and, then why not do that against Iowa State? Well, maybe the reason is because we want to get these guys some experience to see if they can handle it. Because that, that is his preferred method, but now in a do-or-die game, you can't do it. Now, I, I see the face you're making, and I, I agree with you. First, I mean, I'm, I'm we're on the same page here. But... It is something that we've been very critical of, of the Scorpion. And we, we adore the Scorpion. Well, we love him. We, we, we can't say enough positive and nice things about the Scorpion. But this is one thing that does kind of grind our gears. And it has grinded our gears, not just for this year, but... Other years. Other years, as far back as, as I can recall. So As far back as last year, as far as I can... As far as you can recall, yeah, Mister Johnny come lately a little bit, but oh, please, uh, oh please. Uh, but anyway, so you're not feeling. I, I don't get the feeling that you're super bullish on K State's chances without Dean Wade in the NCAA tournament. Well, what's K State done this year without Dean Wade? Well, well, what did they do last year without Dean Wade? Got a great draw. <laughs> yeah, it, well, uh, they, it, they drew. I mean, come on, look. I mean, they. Got a great draw. When, when, was, a, a when was the last time? When was the last time Virginia beat a 16 seed? Tell me that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's ever happened that they beat a 16 seed. 
I don't even need to worry about fact checking about it because I, you know, who cares? Okay. Mm-hmm. They're in their last in the last year they have not beaten a 16 seed. When's the last time K State beat a 13 seed? I'll get the research department <laughs> okay. that way. But uh, anyway. So you uh, you don't like the drive necessarily, or well, well, no, I shouldn't say that. You, can, you I just to... don't think K State's a a great team without Dean Wade. I don't I I don't think that they're an average four seed without Dean Wade. No, that's fair to say. And uh, you know, this year we saw them lose to Iowa State without Dean Wade. We saw them lose to uh, to just get smoked against Texas without Dean Wade. We saw mm-hmm. them lose almost to... blow it to West Virginia. I mean, we. We have a data set here of yeah. what this team looks like, and it ain't pretty. Yeah. So, no, I'm I'm pretty bearish. Uh, unless, you know, K-State all of a sudden gets a lot better without Dean Wade than they've been all year. But, no, this... It, it seems to me that Dean Wade's not going to play, and it also seems to me that K-State's a, a average team without Dean Wade. Okay. I, I, I can't pull Coles on assessment. I, I think you're, I think you have well-made points, and, uh, but I will say you seem to be a little bit quick to dismiss K-State's run, to uh, to the Elite Eight without Dean Wade last year, well, and I understand that you can say, oh well, yeah, Virginia got beat by UMBC. I understand that, but they still beat a pretty darn good Creighton team. They beat UMBC, so yeah, that that's that's no great accomplishment. But they also did beat Kentucky. Yeah, and that's. Pretty darn impressive, no matter Dean Wade or Dean Wade or not. That's pretty impressive. Oh, I I'm with you. So I mean, I, that said, I think K State plays that Kentucky game a hundred times. They they lose. They lose ninety of them. Maybe they, not even, but maybe seventy five or eighty. Okay. And so you you know you play the odds at these things, and you look at what's what's happened and what you think's going to happen. And sure, K State could make a deep run here. It's possible, but I don't like. You're not shoving all your chips in there. <laughs> no, I think that I think that the odds are against them. Okay. You know, if Dean Wade was playing, yeah, I think this is a darn good team with Dean Wade. Yeah. But for a team that struggles so much offensively, you know, even when Dean Wade is on the court, mm-hmm. that I think it's that weakness becomes even more glaring with him off the court. I think that's those are good points. I, I can't. Uh... I'm not going to fight you too much on that because I, if I was going to be fighting you on it, I'd be fighting you just to fight it. I don't think... Uh, well, I you think, can fight me on it. I'm tough, man. I it's goal five. I don't, I don't know about that. I, it is goal five, though, so I, I do commend you for your... And, you know, I, you know, I'm always talking about being tough. Do you think Bruce talks about the 16 goals with the team? If not, he should. Well, you were a manager. Did he ever bring those up? Not that I recall. Like maybe, maybe he should. Maybe he should. Maybe we can... Write him a note. Maybe you get, uh, before the uh, game against the Anteaters, Bruce can bring in Coach Snyder to give a rousing pep talk. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be really nice. So, as we talk about UC Irvine, let's go ahead and, and look towards the NCAA tournament here. Okay. okay. So, K-State, as I mentioned. Give me a bit of a team profile. On the on the anteaters on yeah. the eaters yeah well first of all let's talk about what an anteater actually is you seen this thing oh yeah absolutely it's it's ridiculous <laughs> they're they're sightly creatures aren't they they're yeah I don't even know what they it's hard to even compare them to anything 
It yeah. looks like if... Kind of like an aardvark. Yeah, I guess. It looks like if a koala bear and a dog and a pig and a toucan all combined. <laughs> I was just going to go with like a furry aardvark, but... And look at that tail. Well, that's a giant anteater that you're displaying there. Well... There are different varieties of anteaters well, for, what the, kind for is, the uninformed. What kind is Irvine? I believe they, they modern themselves after the giant anteater. Well, there you go. So, yes. And maybe throw a raccoon in the mix, too. Okay, I can see that with the color scheme a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, but to answer your question about uh, UC Irvine, uh, this is a team out of the Big West, uh, both the uh, regular season and conference tournament champion. And, uh, Drew, this is a team that is on a bit of a streak right now. Uh, They have rattled off uh, 15 consecutive wins. And... Right now, you have to think that they're playing uh, some of their their best basketball of the season. This is a team that, I'll tell you what, they're not as good of a defensive team as K-State, but, uh, I mean, I'm looking here at the Ken Palm numbers, a 58th in the country in terms of uh, adjusted defensive efficiency. And um, when you look at it, they – are the best team in the country in two-point field goal defense. So, so what kind of, I mean, you saying that makes me assume that they're playing some kind of pack line or, or zone most of the time. Yeah, they, they're mostly man. I haven't necessarily seen necessarily if they follow pack line principles, but they're a relatively large athletic team. Uh, they've got guys that are going to play. I mean, they've got guys – Ranging from from six eleven uh, to six six, there was a year uh, when they had. Uh, I'd have to look back a few years, but it was uh, led by Mamadou Indai, who was one of the tallest players in NCAA at the time. And I believe they had a starting lineup that everybody uh, in that starting lineup was six seven and taller. So they've got some height, uh, and I will say too, this is a team that. Um, K-State has played before, though, last year. They welcomed welcome them to uh, to Manhattan as part of uh, that, that Las Vegas Continental Tire mm-hmm. uh, tournament, part of the pre-tournament, uh, because obviously the four teams in that tournament were pre-selected to meet out in Las Vegas, but these are some kind of campus games that uh, allows these teams to to go on the road and, and face some uh, quality, composition, or quality competition. And... Last year, a pretty mediocre team, um, right around 500. This year, um, a very, uh, very good team. 30 wins. Anytime that you have a have 30 wins next to your name, you have to feel uh, you have to feel pretty darn good about that. So, it's a talented team, including a victory over uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, a team that this year has beaten Texas A&M uh, early on in the season. Uh, also uh, went on the road in a true road game and upset St. Mary's, who of course knocked off Gonzaga uh, in the big or in the uh, the West Coast Conference uh, Conference uh, Tournament Championship game there. So when you look at the teams that that uh, UC Irvine has played this year, there are a few that stand out. Most notably that win against St. Mary's. That's a that's a pretty darn impressive win. But granted, 
in the Big West, uh, they aren't facing the kind of uh, talent night in, night out that uh, Kansas State's facing in the Big 12. Yeah, and, you know, that, that 30 wins can be a little deceptive because, you know, as you mentioned, they're not... The Big West isn't exactly a murderer's row, even by uh, mid-major standards. But, uh, yeah, a couple good victories against uh, A&M and St. Mary's. Yeah, no question about that. And the Anteaters... Uh, as as K State fans probably know at this point, have become a a, a pretty trendy pick uh, for an upset against the Wildcats. Uh, they, I think, from a national perspective, they see K State uh, being somewhat of a vulnerable four seed with without Dean Wade. Uh, feel like they'd feel like K State was even a vulnerable four seed even with Dean Wade, probably because of the as we mentioned that of the bias. Very. Unfair sports media. Uh, the very unfair uh, sports media. And I can see where they come from, though, on this game, though. Definitely can see why there's some cause uh, for optimism from, from folks looking to, to, to pick an upset here. What what gives you pause about uh, UCI? I mean, you mentioned their defensive field goal efficiency, especially as it relates to two-point baskets. But, but is that it, or is there... Offensively, do they present much of a challenge? Or? Offensively, no. I'm not concerned about uh, what they do offensively necessarily. This is a team that they're going to grind it out with K-State, and K-State's comfortable in a, in a low-possession uh, game. However, the one thing that does give me uh, some, some pause uh, as a K-State fan in this game is uh, the size of UC Irvine's front line. Uh, when you look at... You kind of look at some of their players uh, that that go in there. Uh, a guy like Colin Welp, he, he only plays uh, 16 minutes a game, but he's pretty darn efficient those 16 minutes, averaging nine points a game. So, uh, so he's he's going in at at um, at, uh, at a at a six eleven player there or six nine, excuse me. But uh, they're physical across the way. Uh, Jonathan Galloway. A very efficient uh, guy that's just gonna gonna be down there in the uh, in the post. Elston Jones, uh, one of the better shot blockers uh, in the in the country, really at, uh, at at sending the ball back. So when you look at kind of their size, I would say UC Irvine is a team that they're not necessarily gonna blow you away offensively, but where they're gonna win these games is gonna be defensively, and in this. In this situation, you could give them maybe, just maybe due to health and um, a few more bodies at this point, you could give them maybe a slight edge in the front court. Because uh, really after uh, K-State goes with, uh, with Mayween, um, you, you start to get a little bit nervous about what K-State uh, brings to the table in terms of substitutes uh, at the post position. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, I I expect K State to go uh, small, kind of how they did uh, in the Big Twelve tournament. And anytime that happens, you're obviously going to be uh, it creates a bit of a mismatch on both ends. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how K State tries to adjust to just keep up with the rebounds. I mean, I think uh, the bell cow and even a guy like Jada, who you know is a guard. And, Guys like Snead, they're going to have their working boots on if they want to uh, limit the possession uh, for UCI. 
Well, and another guy I'd like to point out, and it's probably their best player, and it's also a great name, Max Hazard. Yeah, Maximum Hazard. Uh, that sounds that sounds like the name of a professional wrestler. It it? it it certainly does, uh, D. Louis and Mr. Hazard uh, is Kate or is uh, UC Irvine's best three point shooter. Uh, he's making about forty percent of his shots this year uh, from outside. This isn't a um, this isn't an Irvine team that um, is necessarily a team that you you think is a great three point shooting team. They're shooting at thirty six percent. That's that's average, but you know what? It's a team that they're going to be stingy on defense, uh, and they right now probably have a little bit more going for them in terms of in terms of availability uh, on the front line. The best ability, and, and sometimes availability is the best ability, and I think those are some reasons why. Uh, if you're a, a, a backer of the Anteaters in this game. Uh, it, it can give you some give you some hope there. Well, naturally, the if the backers of the anteaters are called the fan teeters. Uh, oh, is that so? Yeah, that's right. That's okay. Some of my deep research. On okay, that's the you, see, that's the kind of stuff that you can bring to the table that no one else in this business can. Um, and one th- one other thing that jumps out at me about UCI, and they have nine guys, nine, count them, that average more than nineteen minutes per game. Yeah, no, they they will play some. They that will, they will cycle and see guys. Seems crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, they're, they're the, Max Hazard, the aforementioned professional wrestler. Uh, he averages the most minutes on this team at twenty six point one. How about that? So that is they are subbing in and out constantly. Yeah, and that's not necessarily just like oh well, you see they play nine guys that that have that much. Other oh, you know playing lots of blowouts. Emptying out the bench and getting some guys some serious time. That's not the case. I mean, in it, I'm just looking back here at a game against uh, the beach. It was a, an eight-point game where UC Irvine had to kind of fi- pull away in the final ten minutes. But uh, still, uh, they're playing uh, nine guys that are all going to uh, – all, all nine of them uh, with double-digit minutes. So Let me ask you this. Yes. Who do you think had the ninth most minutes on this on K, for K State this season? Yeah, on a per game basis. Yeah, um, I have a guess. Okay, Con- Connor McAtee. No, uh, Levi Stockard. Levi Stockard. Yeah, for at seven point nine minutes per game. Okay, Barry. Where had, was McAtee at? Was he the? Ne- oh, he, oh, he was. Two, he's two further 11. down. Yeah, okay, two further down. But uh, my point is, is that. He's all the way down at about was, eight, eight minutes that was per a, game. That was a bad guess by me. Looking back on it, that was a bad job by me there. Yeah, but UC Irvine's ninth guy goes almost triple, well over double what K-State's ninth guy goes in terms of minutes per game. I don't know. I just think that's interesting in terms of you would assume that K-State would have a much deeper bench, and it probably does. But in terms of who gets minutes, this UC Irvine team – you know that's a team that's not worried about foul trouble at all. No, they will be uh, they will be subbing in those guys because you might think that they now it's the NCAA tournament they'll shrink the rotation down. But uh, judging by their by their history, that doesn't that doesn't seem to be in the cards. Can you imagine if K State was playing Levi Stockard almost twenty minutes a game every game? 
No. They'd look like a lot different team. They would. They'd look a lot different. But uh, so that's kind of the rundown on the Anteaters. Uh, Deloitte? Anything you'd like to add? Uh, no. I mean, I think that it, K-State's in for a, a, a bit of a dogfight against this bizarre animal. Um, but it'll be fascinating to watch to see whether or not uh, K-State does indeed stay ultra small and how they react if and when uh, any one of our five guards that will get significant minutes on uh, on Friday, if they get into foul trouble to see what Bruce does, whether he goes to Neil Williams or whether he goes to one of the bigger guys off the bench to to uh, fill in some minutes. What, uh, you know, I did mention in that K-State game uh, against uh, Irvine last year, K-State was able to pretty easily handle uh, that UC Irvine team, uh, beating them uh, 71-49 in that game. A game that K-State, you know, of course, handled easily throughout this is pretty much the same team coming back for UC Irvine does that does that factor in much to kind of what you think about this matchup because for me it really doesn't uh, I mean just to know that there wasn't some crazy infusion of talent no that it's it's pretty much the same team yeah I mean and I think anytime you return your entire team or, or pretty much your entire team, that uh, you're going to see improvements. I mean, we obviously saw that this year with K-State throughout the regular season. But, uh, so no. I mean, it just seems like a bit of a rematch, less K-State's best player. Yep. All right, give me a pick. I like the Cats. I like the Cats, uh, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 to 10 points. I'll say uh, I'll say Kansas State 67, uh, Anteaters. 61. Okay. So this game flies over the uh, the total of 119, which is pretty darn low total for an instant like turn in the game. And uh, KC, uh, for the folks that may be interested, four and a half point favorites in this one, laying $2 uh, on the money line. D. Louis, we agree. K-State's the better team. Don't caught, get caught up in, in, the, in the media hype that... Uh, that UC Irvine is the better team that they're going to win. These are the kind of games K-State could grind out. They've grinded them out against the best teams in the Big 12 all season. On the road, um, at home, in the Octagon of Doom. This is a game that K-State is the better team. And I think um, I think K-State wins by a pretty similar margin. I'm going to go K-State 63, Anteaters 52. Wow. K-State puts the clamps down. On the anteaters. Yeah, cages them. Cages in a, the anteaters. In an unnaturally large cage. Yeah, they're, they're big In a guys. deceptively large... A cage bigger than you think. Yeah, they're, they're big fellas. So, okay. So let's just talk about that game. We, we've kind of covered that one. Now let's go ahead and preview uh, K-State's second round opponent. Who that will be? We don't know. Yeah, we do. It's going to be Wisconsin. Well, I disagree. You think it's going to be Oregon? I think it's going to be Oregon. You think it's going to be Dana Altman? Dana Altman. And uh, the Oregon Ducks, I project them to beat Wisconsin. What do you say about that, D. Louie? I say uh, I've been a K-State fan long enough to know how this tournament ends. <laughs> and it, uh, it you're, ends you're with K-State. You're going there, aren't you? Yeah. You're going there. Yeah, I think it's, it would be 
almost poetic that this is how these uh, you're a bad guy for saying that, you leave, know that don't but you? Um, no I think I think you're getting caught up in the media in the unfair bias media hype as it relates to Wisconsin what what, what makes you think that Oregon uh, gets past the Badgers well Drew, by the way a Badger should be in that mix too because the Anteaters do kind of look like yeah I can guys. see that yeah. actually that's not a bad that's not a bad job by you there uh huh well, Drew, the reason why I've watched a lot of Wisconsin basketball uh, over the last couple seasons, and quite frankly, I'm just not all that impressed with uh, the team that they have this year. Oregon, when you look at Oregon, 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 excuse me, you're looking at a, a darn good defensive team. Both teams are very good defensively, and this is a bracket uh, in the South region that is very much focused on teams that are defensive-oriented, uh, Purdue, uh, of course, Kansas State, of course, Virginia, um, Wisconsin, teams that play even a slower pace, such as K-State, Wisconsin. Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> I mean, those three play some of the slowest paces in, in the country, and those are all top five seeds in this bracket. So three of the five. Tennessee will push the tempo a little bit more. Uh, Purdue's comfortable playing a slower game as well. So... Um, really, when you look at it, there are a lot of teams that have very similar profiles in terms of, uh, we'll call it their identity, their culture. So it's an interesting bracket, and one that I think kind of benefits a team like K-State without Dean Wade, uh, to, be, to be quite frank. But Oregon's coming in on an eight-game win streak, uh, having won the uh, Pac-12 championship, uh, conference tournament, excuse me, and they uh, were able to win four games in four days to do it. So this is a team coming in with some good momentum. Um, of course, uh, K-State has actually played Oregon earlier this season in a scrimmage uh, out in, in Denver before the season. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, K-State could uh, play a team that they played last year and a team that they scrimmaged this year uh, for the right to go to the Sweet 16. I think, uh, if I recall correctly, I mean, of course, that scrimmage wasn't broadcast or yeah. via Wyatt and Stan, nor on television, but yeah. I, I seem to recall that K-State got the better of Oregon. Yeah, K-State was able to handle that scrimmage pretty well, and um, also, too, in that scrimmage, uh, lottery projected lottery pick Bull uh, Bull, uh, son of Manute Bull, uh, was available for the Ducks. He has since been a loss for the season for Oregon, so... A uh, little bit interesting there, but this Oregon team, you have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, they have, they were, you know, quite frankly, floundering, uh, hovering around 500 uh, at the beginning of at the beginning of uh, February. They were a pretty darn long shot to make the NCAA tournament. Now they're in a 12 seed, and if you're an Oregon fan, you have to think pretty good about where your team's at, and you have to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Especially uh, their performance in the Pac-12 uh, tournament and coming into the big dance, pretty strong. Uh, if you're a duck, you're you're loving life. But you're riding with Ethan Happ and the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, I like I like them to get the better of Oregon. Uh, and are you uh, alluding to? Uh... Yeah, I think that they I I would expect them to beat Kansas. You State think the road ends? At the hands of the Badgers for yeah. the third time in what about eleven years? 
Uh, yeah, it started with uh, Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I just think K State's so hamstrung uh, without Dean Wade, and I think that we have a pretty good idea of what this team is uh, and what its limits are uh, without Dean Wade. Uh, I would, of course, love to be wrong. But, uh, and you know what? When I've predicted K-State to uh, not do well in games this year, I, I turned out to be wrong, and I'll, I'll be happy to eat that crow. But, but just looking at the state of uh, K-State's roster and, and how they performed without Dean Wade, I, I'm just not very optimistic. I think we have enough data points to say, you know, this year, certainly, uh, notwithstanding last year's uh, run. But... Uh, I just don't like this team's odds without Dean Wade. I don't think that there's enough uh, firepower. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. I think you you bring up some good points, uh, as I said earlier, and I'll say it again. But uh, D. Louis, um, I think you're wrong in this one, my man. I think K State gets by Irvine, as as I had mentioned, and I think they take care of the Oregon Ducks in a game. No, well, let's say let's. What if Wisconsin wins? What if? Does oh, that's K- not happening. But but let's I mean, say K State Wisconsin. Who do you like in that matchup? Now, in that matchup, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Because of Hap? Because of Hap. Because who's going to, we're going to, he's just going to abuse the, I, he's going to abuse the bell cow. But you know what, though? This is a game where James Love could be very important. Because he can just foul him, and Ethan Hap is one of the worst free throw shooters in the country. Yeah, you better hope he doesn't get two fouls, though. Hey, I got some eligibility. For his, <laughs> you can You're burn my out of guys. You can you can burn my five real quick because hack a hap. Uh, this uh, yeah, hack a hap. That would be that'd be a very much a forty six and a half percent free throw shooter. They, they've had to take him out of games this season at the end of the game, and that's this is a, just the best player on their team. This is one of the best players in the country. Via Kinpom, he's the national player of the year. Well, I believe it. I mean, he's averaging seventeen and ten. He's a fantastic player, and it's. Odd because he can't he cannot shoot free throws. He's actually only made ten free ten baskets outside of the paint this entire season. To, and it's a guy who's going to get fouled a lot. Yeah, and that's why this foul thing it, it's all mental because when you watch him shoot, uh, he has a pretty decent looking shot. Also, he's a cousin of Yankees pitcher Jay Hap. Is that right? I was going to ask you about that. It, that is a true statement. I was, uh, was going to ask you about as, that. As uh, the Yankees season uh, gets underway here shortly, we'll be bringing you, uh, of course, uh, top-of-the-line Yankees coverage all summer long, folks. So, And it'll stop precisely uh, probably about the, what, the first week of October when they're shut out of the playoffs? We'll be moving on now uh, to kind of wrap up this, uh, this segment um, no, but Hap's a guy. He's a guy. No, that, no. I, I, we're we're done. We're, he, we're no. You're 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 finished. Okay. When you you know, you're finished. Well, actually, go ahead. You're, seventeen you're and a half points per game with a sub fifty percent free throw uh, percentages. If you think about what it, if he shot sixty percent, <laughs> he'd be averaging a lot more points per he game. Would. He would because he does get fouled a lot. Yeah. So this is a field goal machine. But yeah, if K State can send him to the line, then. Might roll the dice there and come. Wisconsin's out on one of the worst shoot, free throw shooting teams in the country, and I mean, obviously, most of it's due to Hap, but they do. Uh, this is also a program that's been traditionally a very good free throw shooting team, so that kind of gives you an idea of what K State might have to play uh, here in the in the uh, the second round, uh, provided that they are able to get by UC Irvine, which we both think they will. 
So that will kind of cover uh, this part of the of the short side option podcast. Uh, we'll be back after a short break to answer your questions and ask the icon. Join us after the break. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Short Side Option Podcast, where we are moving into a segment we call Ask the Icon. In this segment, listeners can submit their questions to the Short Side Option's very own Chris the Icon Sork. And you know what? He'll, I'll read the questions to him, and he'll do his best to answer yeah, them. These guys, they've been listening long enough. They know how the show works. You guys works. know how it works. Yeah, they know how it works. Carrier pigeon, punching me in the face, all methods are welcome. Drew, what do you say? Go up, punch him in the gut. Yeah, what, what do we say we just get kind of just get going on these here, you know? Well, listeners can submit their questions at the short side option by uh, submitting them on Twitter. At, also, too, that, that works. At TSSO underscore podcast or using the hashtag AskTheIcon, which we check religiously. And we check it every hour of every day. It's, uh, let's get that trending. Yeah, let's do what you can for let's, us. Let's help, uh, let's help, help the, uh, the short side option maybe get some of that rev hunting money. Yeah, oh, that would be. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be the dream. Man. That, that's that's what we're all looking for. And it, it, maybe not even just rev honey money. Maybe just rev honey. I'd settle for that. I love that stuff, man. You know, it's the only honey energy drink on the market. Yeah, I do. Unless yeah. it was in two thousand. Oh, it's still is. Fourteen. They have, they have that mark. They have that market cornered. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, uh, but we'll get right into it um, now that we know how to submit the questions. Uh, first question this week comes from listener Ryan Moss at Powercat Ryan. Now, was this uh, D. Lou? You'll have to remind me because I know you have just a. I mean, from you always taking meticulous notes, mm-hmm. just having a, a steel trap of a memory. Was this the gentleman that was asking me about uniforms, in the past? Yeah, yeah. Let's see if he did better this time. All right, Ryan asks, "How much does K State's gray uniform?" I'm kidding. <laughs> You saw that vein pop I, out I of my saw you sit down. Oh my sit God. down. Okay. Sit down. Good, that's a good job by you there, Drew. All right. He asks, how much does playing three straight Saturday-Monday weeks to end the Big 12 season help this team prepare and play in the tournament? That's a fantastic question. And, and that's a quick turnaround. That's a that's a great question, and it, it is a big it's a big issue uh, that because not every team gets to gets that. Uh, I won't say necessarily benefit, but, but gets that experience. Yeah. yeah, because it's tough during the regular season because oftentimes, now I believe in most cases of that Saturday-Monday turnaround, uh, it was Saturday at home, Monday on the road, which is nice because that way you get to sleep in your own bed. If, if Well, actually, typically they've sent them out that after. I know that, that uh, one turnaround, I believe it was after the Iowa State game, they sent them out to Morgantown. That night, right? So, it's um, it's great because it gets you on a quick turnaround. Now, the one thing that's a little bit different that I would I would like to mention is that in conference play, when you have this, it's you're you're playing teams that you're familiar with, right? Yeah. So, in this case, you're playing teams that you're going to be less familiar with. Because they're going to be outside your league, mm-hmm. so there's an additional there's an additional uh, component of scouting that goes into this because you're going to have to learn the scouting report on these guys that you haven't seen before. 
rather than maybe the second time you played somebody. Because that's where K-State was at at that, at that part of the season. They'd already played everybody once. So it's – but in terms of just the, the turnaround and the preparation, it is a big deal, and it's, it's a nice benefit for K-State because um, I don't know if everybody has that same opportunity uh, just with kind of how their, their schedule is set up. I know the Big Ten doesn't necessarily have a Sunday-Monday, but they'll sometimes do a Thursday-Sunday. Uh, so it's a little bit different. Um, but uh, ACC does it, of course, as well, uh, with their games being on Big Monday uh, as well. But there, there's some certain value to it, and especially since they just did it recently, I think that, it, that it's helpful. It gets them in a routine. So getting to Ryan's question, how much does it benefit? It's, how many? How, how about how many units would you say? Um, four or five. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Four or five units. All right. No, I, I would say that it uh, it helps out a little bit. I'd say it's worth maybe a point. Point. We'll call it that. Hey, I don't, I don't, it, that's tough to to uh, to uh, actually. I don't know if I'd say it's a point, but I think it's a. Uh, I don't know if you can really put a. a a quantitative number to it, but regardless, four or five units. Is that your answer? I just—it's uh, what you suggested. That is what I suggested. Yeah, so four or five units. <laughs> I, I floated it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm biting on that. So yeah, right. we'll go with that. All right, good question, Ryan. That is a very good question. That's a good question. It's, it's, it's definitely a good bounce back for him. It, it, it's good stuff from him there. That's a good job. Uh, next question comes from listener Brett Henning at Brett W Henning on Twitter. Brett asks. What is your favorite upset to blindly pick in the tournament every year? Um, you know the twelve five is is kind of like the staple, but I don't even like. I don't really. I don't like well, picking those. Man, really. you got to pick a twelve seed, my man. That's the secret. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Is that the secret? Well, sauce? and we're listeners of the Short Side Option Podcast know that we're huge bracket guys. Oh. It's all about the bracket, man. Bracket. Some people call it you know March what, Madness. At, at I call it bracket season. At this time, I know tomorrow you're gonna be saying, "Dude, my bracket is busted." Man, I've had some horrible luck with yeah. my, with some of my brackets in the past, but this year, <coughs> I think I got a really good one. You've got a good bracket. Now yeah. you're you're a guy that just fills out one, right? Or are you a, do you like to spread the wealth? I spread the wealth, baby. Dude, come on! Up top, man. Yeah. I love it. Hey, you got to get your hands in some different pots. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I hear what you're because, saying, my man. Yeah, sure. Three or four of my brackets tomorrow. Busted. Be busted by noon. Yeah. No, I got. What I got? Nine or ten more left in the pot, left in my back pocket. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so you you don't like twelve five. Um, I don't. I think they're a little bit uh out of style. The fourteen. Uh, the thirteen four. Is kind of where in vogue. That's the big thing, and I also, uh, I I'm not a huge upset picker in in these uh, in brackets. I'll pick a couple first round teams, but I'm not gonna be a guy that usually has a has a seven or an eleven seed going uh, past maybe the Sweet Sixteen. I'll, I'll do that maybe uh, once in a while, but. That's usually why I don't finish very well because I'm. Because you're just stuffing my, your face my, full of chalk. Because my because my brackets are busted, my man. Ah, rats. Well, we'll be sure to keep everybody updated on. Yeah. Uh, our all. I have a. I think I have fifteen this 15 year. Fifteen this year. How many do you have? Dude, I'm just a one bracket man. What? I know it. I know it, man. 
Well, I hope your bracket doesn't get busted. Uh, dude, you could set your watch to it. Not this time, tomorrow. I'm just gonna rip it up. Man. I'm like it's, one of those. It's over. I'm like one of those guys when, when you go play bingo, <laughs> where I've got like you've got the ink down twenty or thirty cards. Yeah. Just I have you know thirty square feet of table space laid out where I'm just constantly running back and forth, crossing off teams, advancing teams, filling out my uh, filling out my bingo card. Hey, there you go, man. Gotta love works. it. Got gotta love it. <clears throat> Uh, our next question is is uh, we'll we'll do another question from Brett. He okay. follows it up, and for our listeners, this is a fantastic question because it's a visual question. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, he asks, "What is your favorite court design for the tournament?" Okay, the NCAA mid court logo with black outline with blue lettering. Okay, and our I, I encourage our listeners to get this really imagine this get this in your mind's eye. The NCAA mid-court logo with black outline and blue lettering. The current March Madness mid-court logo in unique venue color scheme. Or the old-school look of leaving the school arena floor as it is. And he's got a couple of examples here. Oh, can I see these? Yeah. And so, kind of describe what you're looking at here for our listeners. Yeah, I think it's well described. It's just the old black and blue outline. NCAA at the middle. Right. And, and, then, and then what you see on TV now. Which which is a big it says March Madness. Yeah, uh, March Madness with the bracket and a little bit more coloring to the floor. Yeah, the former was a little more minimal. Mm-hmm. Where it's just very simple. The baselines are black. NCAA logo in the middle. And now it's got the big March Madness with all sorts of colors on the outside. Yeah. Or the retro, as Brett describes it. Uh, where it's just leave the court as it is. What? what uh, I'm gonna ask the icon. I, I want to ask D. Louis. The, the icon asked D. Louis on what he likes best. You know, stop yeah. talking about court designs. That's kind of was my initial <laughs> response here. But to answer, no, I, I I would probably opt for the old school black and black and black outline with the NCAA logo in the middle. Oh, okay. Do you, do you like? I could tell by your when I said old school, your face kind of lit up, and you kind of like just the regular keep the court as it is. Oh man, I'm going way back, my man. I'm going to the original floor design. I, I mean, come on, what's more better than some uniqueness? Because I I want to look at something that is so unique. Icon, things can't be so unique. They're either unique. Th- there's, I thought there were varying degrees of uniqueness. There are certainly not, and you know this. I've. You've lectured, you you've lectured me on this every so morning, often. every every afternoon. I say it every afternoon and every evening. Either something is unique, or it's not. Things can be rare, and there are varying degrees of rarity. Oh, okay. So rarity is there are varying degrees of, but not uniqueness. No, something is either one of a kind or it's not one of a kind. Oh. I see. Well, some courts, even if they're like the original design, they might not be necessarily unique. Give me an example. Well, I can't think of one, but I mean... Do uh, you think there are two identical courts? Yeah, probably. Out there, some there in, in this world, there are probably two courts that are exactly the same. Impossible. Impossible. Well, 
you know, maybe that's something we can come back with uh, after some investigative <laughs> we'll reporting. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, go get a, get the van. Crunch some numbers. And we'll uh, go up and down this great country finding, trying to find two courts that are exactly the same. Maybe that'll be our summer. That might be. We might. Uh, oh, maybe after I get finished writing my big article on uh, that I'm working on, which mm-hmm. is, of course, uh, about. I think it was Val Taylor, right? That's right. That's Good right. job. I'm, I'm just testing you. I've, I, oh, of course you know I, who it's yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll do a saga on uh, whether we can two, find two basketball courts that are exactly the same. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, listener Chris Hansen at chansen88 asks, are you ready for the rise of Cardi? Yes, I am. I think he's going to be the, uh, the X Factor. I think Xavier Sneed right now is is a uh, proven commodity, and you can know what you expect from him. But I think uh, Cartier Jada, Cartier Jada, close enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Okay, uh, Cartier is going to uh, be really the difference uh, for K State uh, as they advance to Sweet Sixteen. Well, like we mentioned earlier, had an outstanding performance against Iowa State, and. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to watching him on the grandest stage of them all, the NCAA tournament. Uh, next question comes from listener Rob at Rob underscore N underscore K Y or ostensibly Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yes. He asks, "We travel to Louisville for a Sweet Sixteen game. I know a guy that will buy a round or two at the brewery." Well, uh, Rob, thank you for the question and uh, thank you for the offer. It is up in the air right now if I will uh, make the trip to Louisville. And I'd also like to hear what Rob's uh, pronunciation guide is on the host of the South uh, regional semifinal and regional finals. Is it Louisville? 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 I've always called it Louisville, and I feel like I'm probably it. Bumpkin. Yeah, I've always called it Louisville. 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 I've heard, I've seen I've heard it all. But really. what do you call like a Louisville Slugger baseball bat? Louisville Slugger. Louisville Slugger. I say it the same way. Yeah. Interesting. Louisville. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll go down there. It's I think from Kansas City, it's an eight-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, flying's a lot tougher. You know the because uh, there's just it, it it's tough to get a direct. There is no direct flight to Louisville from. Uh, yeah, there's no direct flight from Kansas City. Now, I also want to say, so how do you say it again? Louisville. Louisville. Okay. But I know that that's wrong. Okay. Um, but that offer's pretty sweet if we can go down there and slam. Slam a couple s- beers? Slam some. Some pints? Lukewarm. Cold ones? Yeah, some lukewarm cold ones. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, in, I would love to go to, I've never been to Louisville, and it's it's a shame that March Madness couldn't be May Madness, my man. Get down, down there, there for the Kentucky Derby. Ponies, yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. But uh, it's uh, it's relatively drivable. I mean, as far as I mean, if if K State's not in Kansas City, which of course they aren't, uh, this is the next closest one. So, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. We're getting into our final question of the week, submitted by listener Trim at Trim Goema. Trim asks. It's getting intense on Tempty Island. Oh, it sure is. What do you think are the top three things that Katie fears if she has to have offspring with Fat John? 
I don't think that's happening. <laughs> uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, he asks if we have any other thoughts okay. about, about the show as well. So, <clears throat> we'll catch our listeners Drew, what, up a what, bit. Yeah, take the mic, my man. Uh, so, as our listeners know, if you've been watching Temptation Island, and we certainly hope you have been, uh, this week was the first episode of a two-episode season finale. It was the final bonfire for uh, Carl and Nicole. And we got to see half of the final bonfire uh, with Katie and John, as listener Trim just mentioned. Uh, during that final bonfire that we saw with Katie and John, Katie said that, uh, well, it, it doesn't look good, first of all, that their chances were sticking together after the island. But uh, during that encounter, Katie also told John, who she's been dating for two and a half years, and uh, we're, pl- we're planning to get married prior to the show, uh, Katie tells John that she, that being with him makes her not want to have kids. Yeah, and... and, and she it, says she, he's not, not manly uh, enough. Not manly enough. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's not very nice to say. That's is really it? mean. Regardless of whether or not he's overweight, as, as Trim suggested, but... Um, yeah, for a personal trainer, he's not exactly what you'd picture. He's one of those guys where it's like, you look at him and you're like, are you jacked? Are you... Because you know how some people get, like, in strongman competitions? Yeah. They're just so barrel-chested. They, yeah. They're like... They're not, you know... Arnold Schwarzenegger out there with yeah. just... Bo- they're not bodybuilders. Yeah. And so with John, his personal trainer, you're just like, are you, are you a body, are you a strong man? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, pretty horrible stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think John and uh, Katie are going to be uh, leaving the island together. I don't think uh, that's happening. I, 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 I don't think so either. But be sure to tune in uh, Next week for the season, the season finale. finale. Yeah, yeah, season finale. Where uh, we'll see, of course, Shari and Javen's final bonfire. And then the must-see episode of the summer. Uh, Casey and Evan. Oof. Oof, that'll be... Uh, set the DVR, folks. You can't make that one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just watch it live. Support the support, support the Support the fine folks on USA. Yeah. And, uh, and watch that live. Well, you said that's the season finale uh, for Temptation Island. I don't think it's going to be the season finale for the Short Side Option podcast because I expect us to be back next week. Poof. So you expect two W's. Two W's and a preview of a rematch. No, I'm just kidding. We're probably going to have to play Virginia. We're not going to have to probably luck out and play Oklahoma, huh? Uh, I, I think that's unlikely. Yeah. But who knows history? Or uh, maybe Gardner Webb. Like know. I said, when was the last time Virginia beat a 16 seed, huh? We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, Dilu, is there anything else you'd like to say to our to our listeners on this on this night before we sign off? No. Nothing comes to mind. Nothing. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Well, folks, that wraps it up for this week's edition. Of the Short Side Option Podcast. The hope is that we'll be back next oh, week. Oh, I, I just remembered. You have something? You have yeah, something to say? Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. I just want to tell... Uh, I kind of want to thank you. Yes, of course. Of and course. I want to thank my family. 
and I yep. want to thank uh, my friends. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to tell the listeners that I love them. It's been a joy to bring you this podcast this week. It has been. It has been. That's that's so well said, uh, D. Louis. That's thank you for. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, I I needed to get that off my chest. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure glad you did, uh, first and foremost. I've learned a lot on this journey, and I hope our listeners have too. And You've I, grown a lot from I've, this journey. I've grown a lot. You found out a lot about yourself. Yeah. You know, every week I like to think that we're teaching the listeners things by talking about K-State sports and grinding on these sports stories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, all we do is, I mean, that's all we do is grind. Honestly, I think they teach me more than I teach them. Wow. You know what? I think that's very elegantly said. That is so deep yeah. from you. Yeah. That's great stuff from you. Oh, deep thinker. I've been, you always have been. I've been hanging around on uh, Philosopher's Corner. I was going to say, would you, would, you know, we haven't heard from him lately. So. Uh, might send out all APB on him. Hopefully, you know? yeah. I hope he's doing okay. Okay. Well, folks, that'll wrap it up here for this week's edition of the Short Side Option. Uh, K-State tips off against UC Irvine, 1 o'clock Central Time. TBS is where you can find it. Uh, big game for the Cats as they look uh, to continue uh, to move on in the NCAA tournament and uh, prolong their season. So that'll do it here for the Short Side Option this week. Thank you for listening. And go Cats!